In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We consecrate this teaching to the Most Holy Trinity, Abba Father, Jesus the Son, our beloved spouse, and the Holy Spirit, our divine companion. Through you, our Most Holy Mother, through your Immaculate Heart. And we entrust the protection and all the graces for us to to receive what God desires us to receive through our beloved St. Joseph. Amen. The title of today's teaching is The Return Back to Abba. And it is focused on Genesis chapter 3. So I'm going to begin with verses 4 through 6 of Genesis. It says, But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband And he ate. The end of the quote from Genesis. Our community. From our 2020 retreat. On the first nail of crucifixion. The third reflection. We covered these three temptations. That we find. In these verses from Genesis chapter 3. They are clearly stated in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. We learned in that retreat that the lust of the flesh has to do with the three capital sins, gluttony, lust, and sloth. The lust of the eyes, greed. And the pride of life, pride, envy, and anger. All three of these temptations are part of our life. In that retreat, Reflection 3, we had this definition of pride. One of the seven capital sins, pride is undue self-esteem or self-love, which seeks attention and honor and sets oneself in competition with God. Most of the time, 
in our hearts, we are competing with God. Every time we want to receive praise and to be honored and blessed by others for anything we've done, we are wanting to take the glory from God, even if it's a little drop. It's so much part of us. And yet, so many times we're not even aware of it. Our desires rooted in self are attached to evil in our hearts, which are the seven capital sins. We try to hide in our hearts sin, such as envy and pride. The crucifixion of our desires will expose this darkness. This is the purification by fire, which we learned about in the first nail of crucifixion. And it's a purification that must break the hardness of our hearts and reveal all the evil in order to create a humble and contrite heart. Therefore, from the beginning of Genesis chapter 3, we learn that all that is hidden in our hearts must be exposed and come into the light of God. This is the only way of returning back to God. It's clear in the scriptures. For example, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 26, Jesus says, Nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5. The Lord will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purpose of the heart. And again. St. Paul to the Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 13. And before him, no creature is hidden, but all are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The entire path is to bring us totally naked before God. Totally exposed. The opposite of what Adam and Eve did. On November 28th, 2022, the Lord spoke and gave a message concerning Genesis. It's focused on fear and hiding. The Lord said, my little one, fear that leads to hiding is part of the fallen human condition because of original sin. It's part of all of us, my family, fear and hiding. 
the human soul was created by God to live in love and experience the consuming peace and joy of being loved by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When Adam and Eve sinned by choosing to doubt God's love, they separated themselves from God. Thus, they hid from the God that created them and loved them. Original sin brought the fear of God and hiding into humanity. I, the second person of the Trinity, the Son, came into the world to restore humanity in the Father's love through my perfect sacrifice of love. You must understand your fallen condition and tendency to fear being rejected, abandoned, not loved, and embraced, and therefore to hide to avoid being hurt. Give me your fears. <clears throat> Come out of hiding and face me. Receive from me the grace of the divine embrace. Be known, cherished, and loved in your misery by Abba who knows all and sees all. Accept the suffering on earth of being rejected, mocked, misunderstood, calumniated, ridiculed, ignored, and unloved with me and for me. Living life on earth to its fullness is knowing and living in God's love and accepting the continuous suffering of living amid human beings mostly incapable of loving unconditionally. Encountering love moves you to live in God's embrace while receiving the brokenness of others and suffering for them as one with me because of love. This is the fullness of life here on earth. End of the message. There's a lot in that beautiful message for us to ponder. So I leave that for you this week of Lent. 
So let's go to Genesis verses 8 through 10. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of thee in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. End of quote. When God Father asks, where are you? Do we immediately think of an angry father? Do we think of an angry mother holding a chancleta or a flip-flop yelling, where have you been? Adam answers God by telling him that he was afraid because he was naked and so he hid. He knows he has sinned in his disobedience to his father. His sin has an immediate consequence. The truth of the father becomes distorted in the hearts of Adam and Eve. Listen carefully, my family. And for the first time, they feel fear. Sin has distorted all of creation. We are all distorted. Our return back to the Father is to come to know the truth of Abba Father through Christ with the Holy Spirit. But the truth is that Abba's question, where are you, was not spoken in anger, but in love. Where are you, my children? Why are you hiding from your father? They are words spoken in grief, in the pure sorrows of love that Ava experiences, knowing that his children now have separated themselves from him. Genesis verse 11 through 13. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent begilded me and I ate. It is significant that the father, 
knowing perfectly well what happened, approached both Adam and Eve with questions. He asked Adam, who told you that you were naked? And have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Then the father asked Eve, what is this that you have done? Neither Adam nor Eve answered the question. Instead, they blame and justify themselves. Adam said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. He blames his sin on Eve and therefore tries to justify himself. Eve justifies herself by blaming the serpent. The serpent begilded me and I ate. Neither one of them take responsibility for their sin. They don't own up to their sin. In the simple path, God brings us back to asking ourselves questions. This is very significant. This process becomes the opposite of what Adam and Eve did. When we ask God the questions, we are then taking responsibility for our sins and wounds. We are acknowledging that we are wounded, that we are full of pride, and that we want God to reveal the truth of our darkness to us. <clears throat> we approach God and do not hide from him. In the simple path, for example, on page 107, it says this. As we become aware of our disordered tendencies and reactions, the key question we must ask ourselves is, why? Why did I react that way? Why did I get angry? Why did I avoid that authoritarian person? Why did I feel inadequate and in insecure? Why did I run away? Why did I want to hide? Why couldn't I say no? The moment I ask God why, I have taken responsibility for my brokenness. And I'm asking God now the question to reveal me the truth. It's the opposite of what happened in the garden. It is the only way back to the father. In our simple path, it continues to say, by asking the question why, we are humbly acknowledging our disorder and giving permission to the Holy Spirit to enter our hearts and unlock the door of our hidden room where our wounds hide.
Communion is what was lost in the garden after Adam and Eve's original sin. Verse 23. The moment they hid from God's goodness and covered their sin with the leaves of justification and blaming, they separated themselves from Abba's love. They did not repent but remained in their obstinacy. Pride entered humanity, and this darkness became the barrier between God and us, his people. Imagine, my family, if Adam and Eve would have run to Abba naked in their sin, prostrated themselves before their good father and cried out, Father, Papa, we have sinned against you in our disobedience. We're so sorry. Please, Papa, have mercy on us. What would Ava have done? Embrace them. My family, repentance is what begins to destroy the barrier between God and us and opens wide the gate of mercy. In the book, Joel, chapter 2, verse 12 through 13, there's so many passages of scripture that teach this. It says, Return to me with all your heart. You see, it's not enough to give God a little bit of our heart. All our heart. What does it mean to give God all our heart? It means that we have to give permission to the Holy Spirit to enter every crevice of our heart. To bring every darkness, every disorder in our heart to the light. It continues to say, verse 12 through 13. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. And rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That's our God, slow to anger, abounding in love. He's so amazing. The beginning of the path that the Lord has been guiding us through, page 30, brings us to the foot of the cross. What does it say? Number seven in the simple path. Mary immediately turns your gaze to my crucified love. But many cannot see me because their eyes are covered by the darkness of sin. Mary, your advocate and spouse of the Holy Spirit immediately calls upon my spirit to come to the aid of your soul. 
the planks of pride, self-love, vanity, and sins of all kinds are revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. It is here at my feet through the gift of repentance that you begin to see. Grace builds upon grace, but also each grace removes a veil that keeps the eyes of your soul from seeing the glory of God before you and the darkness that keeps you from hearing the whisper of God within you. My community, it is so easy for everybody, every human person, to see the things that are wrong with other people. But it is so difficult for us to see what is wrong within us. This human condition from original sin of hiding, of stuffing things in us, in our hearts, is part of all of us. And the work of the simple path to union with God has to become what God does. He begins to reveal, to unveil us. Therefore, the return back to our Father through the gift of redemption is the opposite of what Adam and Eve did. Therefore, that is why God brings us at the beginning of the simple path to the feet of Jesus crucified to open our eyes to our sins through the gift of self-knowledge to bring us to repentance. Without repentance, there is no return to the Father. Without repentance, we remain hiding in fear and in the darkness of being separated from Abba's love. We have a message in our message book. And in Spanish, it's in the website. It's from February 18th, 2018 in which the Lord spoke about repentance. He said to us, repentance is the gift of God that serves to pry open the hardened human heart so that my seeds of conversion can grow. That is why What you find in hearts that are obstinate is they don't repent. Hearts that are obstinate do not come and say, I am so sorry. They do what Adam and Eve did. They justify themselves or they blame somebody else. But they don't say, I am. I'm sorry, I messed up. And therefore, they remain in their obstinacy and separated from the love of God. It's so sad. 
Jesus continues. Repentance is the sword of the spirit that opens the darkness within the human heart to be filled with God's light of truth. And the truth sets you free. Every time we discover the darkness within us and we allow the light of God to touch that darkness, we are set free. That bondage no longer has a hold on us. He goes on to tell us the Lord to live in repentance. Notice he does. This isn't a something we got at the beginning of the path and we're done. We live in repentance daily. We should be living in repentance. If we truly have come and are living the path, we should be daily going to Holy Communion, bringing our misery, what where we keep falling. To live in repentance, the Lord says, is to live clothed in the knowledge of who you are which is misery, and the knowledge of who I am, which is love and mercy. To live in repentance is to live in the freedom of living in the embrace of Ava, our Father. My family, that one line is so powerful. The moment we come naked before God, And can say, I am all misery. There is of myself, there's nothing good in me. I am all misery. At that moment, through Jesus Christ with him, Jesus is naked on the cross to bring us into our nakedness. At that moment, we enter into the embrace of Abba. And begin to know truly who Abba is. The Lord finishes by saying. Tell my souls to seek true repentance. At the foot of my cross. And the power of my love crucified will set them free. To live in my peace and the joy of my promise. There is no other way to freedom than this way. Adam and Eve covered their sin with leaves. We too cover our many sins with masks and the cloak of falsehood. The simple path to union with God becomes God's path of unveiling us, his bride. Until we are naked again in our complete misery. We must choose not to blame and justify ourselves. But to come before Ava and Christ crucified. Exposed completely in our total misery and cry out. My God have mercy for I am a sinner. Then. Communion is restored. As the prodigal son, we enter the embrace of our father. We begin to live heaven on earth 
within our hearts in the unity of the Trinity. And I end this teaching with the words from our Lord on what is true unity. On page 240 of the Simple Path, he said, what is true unity? First and foremost, unity is union with the God-man. I, the second person of the Trinity, became man so that you could come to know personally your God. I became man to set you free from the bondage of your sins so that you can see with the eyes of my angels the glory of God before you. But I was not incarnated in the womb of Mary only to save you and to set you free, but to become one with you. The Father and I are one. The Father in me and I in him with the Holy Spirit. The union of the Trinity is pure love. I came upon the earth to draw you into union with the most holy Trinity through the cross. No longer two, but one. It is in this union that love exists. Only from this union of love with your triune God can unity exist in my body, the church. It is through my life in the Eucharist that I become one with you. But it is only through your participation in my Eucharistic life that you become one in me. This participation can take place only by entering the cross of new life, my crucified love. Amen. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.